up, you beautiful bastards? Hope you having a fantastic Wednesday. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show, and let's just jump into it. The first thing we're gonna talk about today is divorce, because I'm getting one, not really, calm down. Obviously that's a joke. If I was actually getting divorced, my wife would be here and we'd make a video that got 20 times our normal views. No, but the reason we're talking about divorce today is the US divorce rate is reportedly going down. And according to an analysis by University of Maryland sociology professor Philip Cohen, this is heavily because of Gen Xers as well as millennials. Those damn millennials killing everything, according to headlines on the internet to the point that it's gotten memed. But yeah, according to the analysis, the US divorce rate has dropped 18% from 2008 to 2016. For the most part, it appears that it's because Gen Xers and millennials, they're one, they're getting married less, and two, they're waiting till they're older when they have their life in some sort of order. You know, finances, education, having some sort of idea who you are by yourself because we all die alone. And if you just try and fill that hole in yourself with another person, it's just not gonna be good. We all die alone, so she gets to know that person. But also according to the report, the reason younger people are also getting so much praise is that older people have been divorcing at incredible rates. According to the Bowling Green's National Center for Family and Marriage Research, from 1990 to 2015, the divorce rate doubled for people between the ages of 55 and 64, and it tripled for Americans 65 and older. But also according to the research, it appears that there is a monetary element to this. Cohen saying, marriage is more and more an achievement of status rather than something that people do regardless of how they're doing. And Bloomberg writes, many poorer and less educated Americans are opting not to get married at all. They're living together and often raising kids together, but deciding not to tie the knot. But then also adding, studies have shown these cohabitating relationships are less stable than they used to be. And so I personally found this really fascinating, especially since I think a lot of people still have this notion that, that marriages are 50-50 as far as if they're gonna end in divorce. And I say this as a man who is very happy in his marriage. If you are young, you're in love, you do not need to get married. I love my wife, best choice I ever made. We have grown and become different people and I think better people because of one another. But there are very few non-personal reasons to get married, to get the government involved in your relationship. Also, make sure you have your shit together first, if possible. And this isn't a unique thing, but it is a very true thing that other people have said. If you have money that you're saving for a marriage, spend that money on a trip together. And if you travel somewhere with that person for two to six weeks and you don't want to strangle them, that's a great sign. I have people who have been best friends that I wanted to strangle just driving across the country together. It, uh, that will test your relationship. But also, every relationship's different, uh, but the super final note that I wanna add, I know I already pimped him out before, but Daniel Sloss, he has two specials on Netflix. The second one, Jigsaw, he talks about relationships. Uh, watch that. And if you're in a relationship with someone, watch it with them. Tell me how it goes. I'm hoping for the best. And actually, the question I'll tackle into this story because we have a lot of different people watching, different backgrounds, different ages. What is your opinion on marriage? Have you done it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? How many times? If you're not, do you even want to? Are you gonna wait? Etc. Etc. I'd love to know and I really look forward to your responses. But from that, I wanna share some stuff I love today and today and awesome brought to you by betterhelp.com slash DeFranco. And BetterHelp, if you don't know, is the fantastic place and service where you can get affordable private online counseling. Right on your computer, your tablet, your phone, you get access to a licensed, trained, experienced, accredited psychologist. And it's so easy. All you've got to do is go to betterhelp.com slash DeFranco. You fill out a questionnaire, they match you with a counselor, and you can start counseling today. Also, even better, if you're one of the parents out there that have been like, I want my kid to use the service, but they're 13 to 17, the service is only for 18 up. Well, now, instead of being turned away during the questionnaire process, you will be forwarded to a sister site that is specifically dedicated for that. My main point, if you're interested, you want to find out more, maybe you just want to start, just go to betterhelp.com slash DeFranco. And the first bit of awesome is, uh, Jim 
Jimmy Fallon decided he would try to break the internet. And so he got BTS to do the Fortnite dance challenge. Then we got the newest, oh my God, I'm so excited trailer for Creed 2. Then we got a new clip for the Venom movie. Then we had the fantastic binging with Babish doing a video with Maisie Williams. Then we got a feast mansion with Joji and Rich Brian. We also got a teaser for season three of Daredevil. We got the launch trailer for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And if you want to see the full versions of everything I just shared, the secret link of the day, really anything at all, links as always are in the description down below. Then we had two pieces of interesting industry entertainment news. The first being we saw the further blending of the mainstream with the digital world thanks to Will Smith who did this whole live stream where he jumped out of a helicopter. Well, Bungie jumped out of a helicopter and it was live streamed. There were a ton of people watching it live. The video afterwards is number one trending on YouTube. It has over 7 million views. And I know there were some people crapping all over this because this was part of the YouTube originals push. So there's YouTube money going to someone that's from the mainstream rather than like a homegrown talent. And here's the thing. I obviously would prefer if YouTube invested more into the homegrown talent rather than these bigger things. But you have to, for YouTube, they have to do a kind of two prong. There's the homegrown and then there's the mainstream that's adopting it. And it's all about validating the space. Also, I feel like I need to hit on this. No, this is not me shit talking Will Smith because as far as any mainstream talent coming to YouTube embracing the platform, I think Will Smith has done it in a real way, in a way that it feels like it's about the connection and getting a message out there rather than just this is me marking off a thing I'm supposed to do for my social media. And as far as this specific instance, you have a mainstream celebrity that's getting a lot of people talking about what is happening on YouTube, which you can see as a positive. And personally, I find it to be one. That said, you could see it as somewhat of a negative considering the second piece of industry news that I was gonna talk about. Yesterday, Shane Dawson released episode one of The Mind of Jake Paul. And in less than a day, as of recording this video, that video has gotten 9.2 million public views. What the real-time views are right now, we don't know. But 9.2 million on a 40-minute piece of content that was so, it was so massively consumed that in the first two minutes, as I mentioned yesterday, it passed 200,000 views. And so that video, which is longer, which is supposed to play better with the algorithm because it's keeping people on the platform longer, that in close to the same time frame has more than 2 million views more than the Will Smith video. A video that, keep in mind, was separate from the live stream and was only eight minutes, that, like the Will Smith video, has also been shared all over the place on other websites, is not even trending in the United States as I'm recording this video, with way more engagement. Dawson's video having over 1 million likes and only 13,000 dislikes, Will's at 119,000 likes, 15,000 dislikes, Shane's with over 160,000 comments, Will's at around 8,000, although given that Will Smith's video is in that coveted number one spot that just, oh man, the views pile in after that. It's very likely he'll close the gap, maybe even pass Shane. And so, and I say kind of more understandably with people angry saying that this is an example of YouTube embracing the mainstream before their own. So there was that. There were also people asking me my opinion of episode one of the Shane Dawson series. What I would say is episode one was essentially Shane kind of just setting the stage for the rest of the series. And I think that's appropriate considering that there are a ton of people that are gonna be like, what is a Jake Paul? And I think kind of your passerbys are gonna be like, wait, it was that the guy with the suicide forest thing, or is that, oh, it's that guy's brother? But also then kind of as a refresher for people that are aware of some of the things from the past, maybe not aware of some of the other aspects. And so really there's not a ton to react to there, although there, there is one point. Shane in the first episode has this kind of main focus of are there YouTubers out there, whether it be Jake or others that are sociopaths? Jake Paul addressed this in his own video where he, he wanted people to know I'm not a sociopath. But of course the problem there is that's probably what a sociopath would say. Now that I'm calling him a sociopath, which is actually the one thing I do want to comment on. You know, I'm not qualified to diagnose person personality disorders. I don't know if there's Jake or several of the other names that have kind of popped up because of this conversation, if they are in fact sociopaths. But what I will say, and this is no secret, and I think most cynics out there could probably guess, there are a lot of people that are favorites to massive communities that are fake ass fucking horrible people. And here's the thing, given the rise of social media, as in this specific avenue we're talking about YouTube, all of a sudden people 
getting massive views and the ego that comes with it and the money that comes with it and the opportunity is both good and really bad. Very quickly, it enables people, especially if they do not have a good base around them, it enables them to become the worst version of themselves possible. People want more and more and more. They want to hold on to the attention, the fame, the money. And all of this is happening in an environment that, yes, there are portions of it that are collaborative, but it is very, very competitive to a lot of people. And it's also something that Shane kind of hits on. This is all happening in an environment where the ridiculous, the outlandish, it's incentivized. And also, once you get to a certain level and it's different for other people, there's paranoia that comes with it because you feel like, you know, are people just using me? Are they here for whatever bad reason? And the thing is, it's not even paranoia in some cases. There, there was a situation for me personally. I once found out that someone that I thought was a friend was bragging to someone else that they had convinced me into becoming their friend so they could get a job and opportunities. There are a lot of different things from a lot of different angles that can push you to a really bad place. And all of that, if not dealt with properly, can then further fuel even worse behavior both in front of and behind the camera. And so I'm feeling like over the course of the eight episodes that that is going to be addressed. But ultimately we're gonna have to wait to see if that's true. The questions I wanna pass off to you here, one, regarding kind of the Shane Dawson, Will Smith thing, not to, to put these two titans against one another, but do you feel like this is random, it's just the algorithm at play, or is this preferential treatment? And two, if you saw episode one of Shane's series, I'd love to know what you think. And then let's talk about this story coming out of Alaska that I'm, I'm gonna give you a warning, you're gonna be furious. And this story revolves around Justin Schneider, who was a former air traffic controller from Alaska. If you're wondering why we're talking about him today, why you are going to be furious, that's because in August of last year, Schneider met a 25-year-old Native American woman at a gas station. He asked her if she needed a ride. The woman accepted, she got into the car, but Schneider didn't end up taking the woman to where she wanted to go. Instead, he took this woman to a dead-end street, he asked her to step out of the car, and that is when Schneider tackled the woman, and then proceeded to, with both hands, strangle her, telling her that she was going to die. An Anchorage police detective, Brett Sauber, later wrote in a criminal complaint, she said she could not fight him off, he was too heavy, and had her down being choked to death. The victim said she lost consciousness thinking she was going to die. But Schneider didn't end up killing this woman. After the woman lost consciousness, he reportedly masturbated on her. And when she regained consciousness, Schneider was zipping up his pants, he handed the woman a tissue, and then according to the criminal complaint, Schneider told her he wasn't really going to kill her, that he needed her to believe she was going to die so that he could be sexually fulfilled. And then, according to police, Schneider just drove to work. Following this, the woman then reported the assault to the police. According to the Alaska Star, police said the woman had been traumatized to the point where she could hardly speak after the assault. Schneider was arrested at work. He was charged with one count of felony kidnapping, three counts of assault, and one count of harassment involving offensive contact with fluids. And with all of those charges added up, Schneider faced five to 99 years in prison. And here, my friends, is where the story gets even worse. Last week, Schneider accepted a plea deal and he will not be receiving any prison time. Yes, really, although with some of the stories we've covered in the past, possibly not the most surprising thing to you. In this specific case, in Schneider's deal, he pled guilty to one count of second degree felony assault. In exchange for the plea deal, the other charges of assault, kidnapping, harassment, those were all dismissed. His official sentence was two years in prison with one year suspended. But the reason he won't be spending a moment in prison is because Schneider was given credit for a year under house arrest. And according to Anchorage Assistant District Attorney Andrew Granick, he said he made the plea deal because Schneider had no prior criminal record and seemed amenable to rehabilitation. Granick also saying Schneider had already received a quote, life sentence after he lost his job working for the federal government as a result of the case. Also saying that he believed the risk of Schneider reoffending is low. And something else that I found really troubling was something that Granick said Two cameras. And keep in mind, this is the assistant DA saying this. I hope it doesn't happen. That's the reason why I made the deal that I've made because I have reasonable expectations that it will not happen. But I would like the gentleman to be on notice that that is one his one pass. It's not really a pass, but given the conduct, one might consider that it is. Granick referred to this deal 
as a pass for the man that did everything that I just previously talked about. Also a thing of note here is according to local news sources, Schneider did not apologize for his actions. He didn't mention the effects that his actions would have on the victim, instead saying that he was grateful for the process, talking about the positive effects this case has had on his life. I would just like to um, emphasize how grateful I am for this process. Uh, it has given me a year to really work on myself and uh, become a better person and a better husband and a better father, and I'm very eager to continue that journey. And as you'd expect following this result, there was a ton of backlash online. The plea deal to many seemed ridiculously lenient considering what happened. Also on top of the fact that there is no jail time, Schneider's not even going to have to register as a sex offender for what he did. And that's because despite the fact that he masturbated onto this woman that he had just choked unconscious, the state never actually ended up charging him with a sexual offense. And the reason for that is prosecutors said the case did not meet the legal standards to be considered a sexual assault. And in fact, the outcry in Alaska has been so vocal, the director of Alaska's criminal division had to release a statement in response to all of this. And in that statement, John Skidmore, director of the division, said, though it is understandable that some feel his sentence was not sufficiently harsh, all prosecutors are ethically required to follow the law, no matter how disturbing the facts may be. The statement also going on to say that Skidmore independently reviewed the case and concluded the sentence was consistent with and reasonable under current sentencing laws in Alaska. But on the other side of that, you have people saying, yes, because you dismissed the most serious charge, which was kidnapping. But on that note, the criminal division statement said, the state dismissed the most serious charge based on the conclusion that the state would be unable to prove the kidnapping at trial. Adding, kidnapping requires that the victim be restrained or moved against his or her will. The criminal division also addressing the pass controversy, saying the word choice used, that is, that some would view the sentence as a pass, was unfortunate and misunderstood. The prosecutor was attempting to explain that while the agreed upon sentence seemed lenient, it was consistent with current Alaska law and based on a thorough review of the facts of case. And my response to this whole situation is, are you fucking serious? One, this notion that Schneider, this monster, this piece of hot garbage, that he he is already serving a life sentence because he lost his government job. What the fuck? I mean, it would have already been a weak argument if you said he's already getting a life sentence because he has to register as a sex offender. But he's not even getting that here, despite, and here's where it's extra batshit crazy, and I'm just gonna use Skidmore's own words in this statement. He said, in this case, attending sex offender treatment is important. His actions may have not technically qualified as a sex offense, but it is clearly appropriate under the circumstances and will hopefully help prevent him from doing more harm in the future. So he's not having to register as a sex offender and it does not qualify as a sex offense, but he is getting sex offense treatment. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And how do you give this deal your, your check and then in the same statement say, the aggressive prosecution of violent crime, especially violence against women, has always been and remains a priority for us. Well, Skid, your words and your actions really don't seem to line up. And to the politicians in Alaska, it sounds like you need to have changed your laws fucking yesterday. And also, here's a question. How does this man also get to be a father? He has children at home and we're talking about a man that choked a woman until she passed out and then masturbated on top of her. That's a person that gets to remain legally responsible for a small child. And ultimately where I want to end this story, uh, one, to, uh, to Skidmore, to Granick, to anyone else involved that, that approved, that checked off, that agreed with this deal or pass, you, you call it unfortunate and that it's misunderstood, but that is a proper way to define what happened. This was a pass. I hope that this miscarriage of justice follows you to your sleep. And I pray that this monster that you have given a pass, that, that you have allowed to be out there with the general public does not reoffend. And two, as far as that disgusting monster himself, while well, the laws of Alaska have fallen short and failed your victim, it is the general public that will have to pick up what little slack it can to make sure that people never forget what happened, what 
you did. And that is why if you go to justinschneiderguilty.com, it takes you to this video, specifically the part where I start talking about this story. And so if you'd like to share this story so more people are aware, you can share it the normal way, or you can just pimp out justinschneiderguilty.com and simply put, they'll find out why he pled guilty. That's where I'll leave this one and I'll pass the question off to you. And actually that, that question's pretty open. What do you think about this? Given the violent nature of what happened here, do you think that it matters that he had a clear record beforehand? And also, do you feel like stories like this are part of the reason why victims of sexual assault do not come forward? Because even when it is reported, we see situations like this, we see outcomes like the Brock Turner situation. I don't know, any and all thoughts you have, I'd love to hear. That's where I'm gonna end today's show. If, if you like these daily dives into the news, the, the shining of the light here and there, hit that like button. If you're new here, hit that subscribe button. Also, if you missed yesterday's Philip DeFranco show, you wanna catch up, you can click or tap right there to watch that. Or if you're not 100% filled in, uh, we did a, a special podcast that I had to at least share a special part of. You can click or tap right there to watch that. But that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.